بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار it's been a while since we uh, had uh, these uh, lessons on the right of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this particular lesson today inshallah ta'ala is going to be the final lesson but before we continue just a recap of some of the previous rights of the messenger of allah so some that we discussed in previous lessons because it's been quite a while since we uh, got together so we began uh, with the first right which is al imanu bin nabi having faith in the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this itself it entails a number of things a firm belief that he is indeed uh, truthful, that he is indeed a true prophet, that he is indeed truthful in whatever he conveys from his Lord by way of revelation. That we believe in everything that he brought, that everything which he brought of the revelation about Allah, his names, his attributes, about the unseen paradise, hellfire, Uh, about the stories of the nations of the past, about the legislations, about the affairs of worship. All of these things, we believe in all of that and we accept it wholeheartedly. Likewise, likewise uh, we went on to look at, there was a number of other things connected to that as well. The fact that the religion is complete, he conveyed it completely. The fact that he's sent to both the jinn and the men, his message is universal it abrogates all previous religions and you know so these were some of the other the other connected issues that we that we discussed in relation to that first right the second right was to make obedience to him atta'a and to follow his sunnah ittiba'u sunnah and we established the obligation of this from the quran many ayat in the quran and likewise the obligation of this by way of the sunnah and as an example on one occasion as is narrated by al-bukhari the messenger of allah he said everyone from my ummah will enter paradise except the one who refuses and so the companions were surprised and they said well who would who would refuse o messenger of allah who would refuse to go to paradise so he said man ata'ani whoever obeys me dakhal al-jannah wa man asani that whoever obeys me, meaning whoever obeys my command, the one who follows my sunnah, then he has entered paradise. And the one who disobeys me, then he has refused to enter paradise. So this is an indication of al-ittiba' al-ittiba' meaning to follow and imitate his sunnah in all, of, in all affairs, in matters of belief, in matters of worship, in matters of methodology, in matters of mu'amala, in matters of dealings, in everything without uh, exception. So, as you can see, this second right of ittiba' and ta'a, it is something that contradicts and clashes with bid'ah in the religion, innovating into the religion, worshipping Allah upon a way other than the way brought by the Messenger of Allah Introducing beliefs, other than the beliefs that we know from the book and the sunnah and which were understood by, by the sahaba, all of this clashes with the second right of the messenger of Allah So in other words, all of these groups and sects of innovation that we see in history and in current times, from the Khawarij, from the Qadariya, from the Murji'ah, from you know, the Mu'tazila, from the Ash'ariya, and all those other sects you know, from that time till now, they are not really fulfilling this right of the Messenger of Allah because they oppose him in respect to this. 
The third right is muhabbatun nabi, loving the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And so, in this respect, uh, we cited the statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah that loving the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam min a'zami wajibat al-din. It is from the greatest of the obligations of the religion. However, this love that we spoke of, it is a love that is in between ghulu, which is exaggeration and extremism, and between negligence and deficiency. And so we established that we give the right of the Messenger of Allah, which Allah has granted to him. And we neither go above and beyond that, nor do we fall short of that. And so this is unlike... For example, the extremist Sufis and those who are upon their way, uh, where they, they, these people, they followed the way of the Christians in exaggerating the status of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And it's not only just the Messenger, they do it also to many of the righteous, pious people who they turn into saints and then whom they solicit, you know, in, in worship and rescue and aid and, and uh, cure of illness and, and so on and so forth. Right? This is ghulu, this is exaggeration. And so this is haram, this is prohibited. And the messenger of Allah himself, he said, do not praise me. Do not praise me like the Christians, they praised excessively Isa, ibn Mar- the, the, Isa the son of, of Mary, uh, to the end of, of the hadith. But rather say that I am a slave and a messenger of Allah. So this was the third right that we discussed. We looked at the evidences. Uh, from the Qur'an and likewise uh, from the uh, Sunnah and then we said there were certain things that follow on from the love of the Prophet right? these are necessities that follow on if you love the Messenger of Allah then these other things necessarily follow and so from those affairs is uh, from the signs of that, of, of, of that love is that we obviously we follow him and we yearn to see him but other affairs include that we love the people of his household ahlul bayt that we have love for his his family and from that is from you know his 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 wives and those who are connected to his to his family that necessarily follows and likewise loving the companions in general this is something that follows on from loving the Messenger of Allah because he said from the signs of Iman is to love the Ansar and from the signs of hypocrisy of Nifaq is to hate the Ansar and also because he said that the best people amongst mankind is my generation then those who follow them then those who follow them and he also said do not revile my companions لا تصبوا أصحابي for indeed if one of you spent a mountain, uh, you know, the Uhud weight of gold, it would not equal like a handful, a half a handful of what they would spend. So all of this indicates that there are certain things that follow on from the love of the Messenger of Allah necessarily, and these are some of those affairs. So therefore a person who claims to love the Messenger of Allah like the Rafida, the Shia, and then we see them cursing Abu Bakr, cursing his wives, cursing the companions, this is nifaq. This is pure hypocrisy. This iman is not genuine. They are kathabun, they are liars in what they say. So we do not believe anything that is said by them or by their leaders when you see these hypocrites coming on, you know, on TV, making their declarations that we, you know, uh, and also recently these people uh, like this uh, Khamenei and, you know, the, the, the leaders, they've passed resolutions and laws in the country prohibiting or not necessarily laws, but, but guidelines to the Rafi, the Shia, saying, do not curse the companions. Because, but the reason is not because, it's not because that they love the companions. It's because if they manifest this hatred of the companions on the world scene, in political affairs, and in terms of gaining the trust of countries and their populations, Muslim countries and their populations, it's not something that's good for them. Right? Because then all people will, you know, will, will, will see that this is hypocrisy. So they, they, they discourage the Shia from speaking ill of the wives of the Messenger of Allah and of his companions. Because a person's fitra knows that this is just pure batil. 
you know, he's, he's, you know, he knows this is battle and he knows that these people are upon utter complete uh, falsehood. So this is, this is hypocrisy. These people are not people who love the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Rather they hate him, but, they, but, they, but, 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 but it's concealed in their hearts. They hate the message which he brought. So uh, this was what we discussed it very brief uh, in the previous lessons. And so hopefully inshallah today will be the final uh, lesson. And so the fourth right of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And again, these are not all of the rights. These are just the, the core rights of the Messenger of Allah. There are many others, but we can summarize them broadly into, the, into these four. So the fourth, the fourth right is Al-Haqq al-Rabi' Wujub ta'azirihi and so this means the obligation of respecting him, venerating him, uh, defending him. These are some of the meanings which are included in this title. That we respect, that we venerate, that we defend, that we, you know, these are some of the meanings that are, that are included uh, in, this, in this title. So, this particular right is something which is a completion of all of the other rights. It completes the other rights. It is like a perfection and a completion of fulfilling the previous rights. Your belief in him, you're imitating his sunnah, you're loving him. Right? It wouldn't be complete without this particular right. That you venerate him, you defend him, you maintain and respect his honor. And so the evidence for this is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal in Surah Al-Fatih, which is the 48th Surah, verse number 9. لِتُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُعَزِّرُوهُ وَتُوَقِّرُوهُ In order that you may believe in Allah and His Messenger, and that you may وَتُعَزِّرُوهُ Which means that you support Him and you aid Him and you defend Him. And this means that you, um, again, that you, that you venerate him and that you respect him. And likewise, a similar verse in Surah Al-A'raf, which is the seventh surah, verse 157, in which Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِهِ so those who believe and وَعَزَّرُوهُ Meaning that they defend, support, aid him. وَنَصَرُوهُ Which means to aid him. And who follow the light which is sent down with him. Which was sent down with him. They are the ones who will prosper. So clearly we see that in these two ayat there is mention of تَعْزِير and تَوْقِير these two words, what do these two words mean? Well, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says the meaning of at-ta'zeer, at-ta'zeer, which is ta'in, za, ya, and ra, at-ta'zeer, from azzara. It means, ismun jami'un, linasrihi wa ta'yeedihi wa man'ihi min kulli ma yu'zih. Which means that this word ta'zeer, it's a comprehensive word, Representing, supporting him, to support him, to aid him, Nasr, which is to strengthen him, to support him, to, to aid him, and then to strengthen him, and then to prevent him from, from prevent anything which might harm him from reaching him. Right? To prevent all types of harm from actually reaching him. This is the meaning of ta'zir. And as for tawqir, tawqir, waqqara, tawqir, then the meaning of this, as explained by Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, rahimahullah ta'ala, it means at-ta'zim wal-ijlal wal-tafkhim. And the general meaning of these words, they are to at-ta'zim, which is to venerate, to consider this prophet to be a great, mighty prophet, and his, you know, everything about him, his character, uh, his person to be something to, that, that, that is great, a ta'zim, to venerate him. Wal ijlal, wal ijlal, to again, similar meaning, to, to respect him and to consider him lofty and to venerate him. Wat tafkhim, a similar, similar word as well, to consider him to be, 
you know, someone who whose uh, person, his stature, his you know, is something that is, that is great and something that is big. So this is tawqir and ta'zir, which is commanded in these ayat. And so this now is the perfection of our belief and uh, fulfilling our rights of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, this can take place in two different situations. The first situation is whilst he is alive. Whilst he is alive. The second situation is after he passed away. So obviously, we, you know, we did not witness the Messenger of Allah, but that does not mean that we, are, that we are not obligated. We are still obligated to respect him, to venerate him, to show ta'zir and tawqir. So we look at the two, two ways. The first of them is mentioning some of the ways or some of the manifestations of how you would respect him and venerate him if you were alive and if you were present. And obviously this is from the examples of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So some illustrations of that we see in the Quran in Surah um, Al-Hujurat. And this particular surah, you see that this, this surah is, uh, if you look at the topic of this surah, it's generally related to social uh, etiquette and manners and you know, behaviors that a believer ought to, ought to maintain. And right at the beginning of this surah, the first four or five verses of this surah, they all speak about the adab, the etiquette that a believer has towards <coughs> the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So we see that the first thing which is prohibited in this surah is to precede and put yourself or to speak before the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam until he grants you permission. And so in this surah, we see at the beginning of this surah, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasulih. O you who believe, do not precede, do not put yourself before Allah and His Messenger. And so when we look at the tafsir, when we look at the commentary and the explanation of this ayah, then the general meaning behind this ayah is obviously first of all that you do not speak, you know, unless... Uh, there's an indication that, sh that you ought to speak. But the wider general mean underlying meaning that the scholars derive from this verse is that no one should speak in the affairs of religion. No one should innovate in the affairs of the religion. No one should introduce anything into the religion because the messenger of Allah is the one who speaks about the affairs of religion. And you do not speak until he has spoken, until he gives you permission to speak. So this is the general meaning. And so this would be part and parcel of fulfilling the right of the Messenger of Allah in his lifetime. The second manifestation of respecting and venerating the Messenger of Allah is in the second ayah of Surat uh, Al-Hujurat. And in the second ayah the, 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 is, is the prohibition of raising your voice above and higher than the voice of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is obviously from the completion of a person's adab, his, his etiquette, his manner, uh, you know, in terms of the adab of speech and discourse. And so we see in the statement of Allah Azawajal, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi, wa la tajharu lahu bilqawl, ka jahri ba'dikum li ba'd, an tahbata a'malukum, O oh, you who believe, do not raise your voices above the voice of the Prophet and do not speak loudly to him as each of you do to one another. Lest your, action, your, your deeds become vain and you do not even realize. So this now is in the presence of the Messenger of Allah <clears throat> and the manner that you, that you speak to him. Don't speak to him like you speak to ordinary people. Don't raise your voice higher than, you know, than his voice. And so there are some illustrations of this. Uh, there's a narration that As-Sa'ib uh, As bin Ibn Yazid, uh, he said that I was standing in the masjid 
And there was a man who threw some pebbles at me. And so when I looked around and I saw that this was Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu. Umar, throwing pebbles at a man in the masjid. So he said to me, uh, go and bring me, bring me these back, bring them, bring them back to me. So I came to him with the pebbles of the stones and he said, and he said, who are you or where are you from? So he said, I or we are from the people of Ta'if. Meaning that they were not from, from Medina, they were not local inhabitants. And they'd come and they were in the masjid and they were, you know, uh, speaking. And so he said, if you were from the people of this city, then I would have beaten you. I would have beaten you. You are raising your voices in the mosque of the Prophet, of the Messenger of Allah This is, and then, and then he showed rejection uh, against them. So this is narrated by Al-Bukhari. And he, put, he gave it the chapter heading, Bab Raf'i Sawt Fil Masjid. Right, the chapter to do with raising the voice in the masjid. So this now is an illustration that it is not from Adab. That you stand in the mosque of the Messenger of Allah and you start raising your voice. This is disrespect. This is lack of Adab. And also uh, what is uh, commanded and also what is mentioned in the next, in, in the verses that follow as well. And this is the third aspect now. The third aspect. That Allah has rebuked those people who call out to the Messenger of Allah from outside his apartments, meaning they come to his apartments and they start shouting from outside, oh, in a very disrespectful manner, oh Muhammad, they address him by his first name, you know, calling him and shouting from his, uh, within his apartments. And so we see that in Surah Al-Hujurat at the beginning, this also is prohibited. Um, and these people were described as people with no aql, that most of them, لا يعقلون, that they do not, do not understand. And so he said, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ صَبَرُوا حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ إِلَيْهِمْ لَكَانَ خَيْرَ لَهُمْ That if only they had patience, instead of shouting out like this, disrespectfully, you know, if only they had patience, then he would have come out to them, and this would have been better for them. So we see, in his lifetime, from respect to him, is number one, you do not speak before he speaks. Number two, that you do not raise your voice in front of him. And uh, you, you, know, you don't speak to him in a manner that you speak to other people. And number three, you do not shout out to him from afar, you know, like, 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 like you do with other people. You don't shout. This, is, this again is very disrespectful. So these three things are prohibited in his lifetime. And this is you know, part and parcel of respecting and venerating the Messenger of Allah now, how do we make ta'zeem and tawqeer and ta'zeer of the Messenger of Allah after his death? And the whole ummah, as we've seen, is requested to uh, respect him whilst he was alive. And this has already been discussed. And likewise, after his death, Ali wasalam. And this occurs in three ways. There are three ways that we, who never saw the Messenger of Allah that we that we show respect to him, and this is by way of the heart. In the heart, there's the respect, veneration in the heart, and then by way of the tongue, and of course by way of the limbs. So let's explain or comment upon each of each of these three. So as for the heart, how do you make ta'zim and tawqir of the messenger of Allah by way of the heart? Well, this is first of all. By believing that he is indeed a slave and a messenger of Allah. This basically is, is whatever has preceded, the things that we've discussed previously. That you believe in your heart that he's indeed a truthful messenger of Allah, a slave and a messenger of Allah. You put love of him before love of anything and everything else. Before your family, your offspring and the whole of mankind. And you feel in your heart that he is a great, his adma, that he is, that he is a great person, that he is lofty, that he is honorable, that his affair is mighty, that you bring to mind all of his, his great virtues and his great qualities, right? All the virtues and qualities, his patience, his mercy, his forbearance. And, you know, so you remember all of those things, all, 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 all his mahasin, his 
his good qualities. And every meaning that you can think of, every ma'na that brings about love in your heart towards him. Every ma'na, every, everything you can think of as a meaning that brings about love in your heart for him. Right? So for example, you know, every time you pray, every time you become closer to Allah, then this, this is from, from what the messenger of Allah, what he conveyed to us. And it became conveyed to us because he was someone who had patience in the face of all of that harm and trial and tribulation. And because of that, you and I today can worship Allah Azza wa Jal and can become closer to Allah Azza wa Jal in a manner which pleases him. So when you think about this in your heart, this no doubt it brings about muhabba and love in your heart towards him. Right? This is what is meant here that you, you, you think of meanings in your mind and your heart that bring about this love in your heart towards the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. And of course, you can sit all day, all night, and you can start thinking of these meanings because they are so many and so abundant, you know, the, these ways and these meanings that bring about this love in your heart towards the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. So, um, this is ta'zeem and tawqeer by way of the heart. How about the tongue? The tongue is by way of athana alihi, by obviously praising him, by praising him within the limits of that which is permissible in the Sharia, and that is obviously by using the ways which have been legislated in the Sharia. And uh, without, obviously, we said without wulu, without exaggeration, without taqsir, but it is praising him with what he is deserving to be praised with, and from the greatest forms and types of praise is to make a salat a salat was salam alihi to send you know to to make the salat and the salam upon him allah zawajal he said inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna 'ala an-nabi ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alihi wa sallimu wa sallimu taslima indeed allah and his angels they make they they yusalluna 'ala an-nabi the meaning of this is uh, there's different meanings behind this word salah depending on who it's ascribed to. Uh, but uh, Allah Azawajal, He mentions the Messenger of Allah in the highest company with goodness. Right? This is for Allah Azawajal. And we are commanded to uh, make salah. And the meaning of this, Ala Nabi, and the meaning of this is that we ask Allah Azawajal to uh, grant him. Uh, to mention him with goodness and to grant him safety, to grant him safety. This reminds me of this uh, ignorant Christian and uh, he tried to argue uh, by saying that in your Quran, there's a command for you, God commands you to worship Muhammad. And this ignoramus thought he knew the Arabic language. He goes, yes, I, I'm an Arab Christian. Arab Christian, they think they know the Arabic language and they think that they, they can understand the, 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 the Qur'an. So because the word as-salah is used and because it's known that as-salah is that which we perform of prayer to Allah then he thought, trying to be clever, that this, this is a command to, you know, to, to, uh, to worship the Prophet Obviously this is, this is from his jahl, from his stupidity and foolishness and blindness. And so here, as-salatu ala nabi Right? This takes on the meaning that we ask Allah Azawajal to mention the Messenger of Allah with goodness in the highest company. Right? And so as-salah, when it's ascribed to Allah, or when it's ascribed to the angels, or when it's ascribed to us, it carries a different, uh, different meaning. So anyway, this, this is from the great manifestations of praising the Messenger of Allah, because this is something which has been commanded. So we do it in our salah and uh, you know, we make mention of the Messenger of Allah in the Adhan which is legislated. Right? There are many you know, affairs, many instances in which he is mentioned and this is from respect of him. Um, so likewise, uh, so this is the, 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 the tongue obviously and so we mention his praiseworthy qualities, we speak about him, we mention his seerah and so on and so forth. And all of this is from the manifestations of respecting him with the tongue. As for the third, with the limbs, 
than to venerate him and respect him by way of the limbs, then it is al-amal bi-shari'atihi. It is to work and act upon his sharia, upon the, the sunnah which he brought, and to take his commands and to abide by them, and to take his prohibitions and to avoid them, and to refer back to him in all affairs of dispute which occur between us. This now is how you are respecting the Messenger of Allah and venerating the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in every affair, in every large or small affair that we refer back to his sunnah. And then when we find what the truth is from his sunnah, we happily adopt it and we are pleased with it, you know, without having any, 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 anything in our hearts towards it. Likewise, from respecting him with the limbs, is that we strive to make idhar, to make open, to make manifest his deen which he brought, and to aid it, and then to convey it to the people, and to call the people to it, and to call the people to abide by his sunnah, and to guide oneself by way of his guidance. All of this is from respecting him by way of the limbs. Likewise, to defend his sunnah, al-dhab, uh, to defend from him and from his sunnah. Rather, not only that, but also to defend those who carried the sunnah, who are his companions. This is part and parcel of respecting the messenger of Allah. So we defend the honor of the sahaba. We defend the honor of his wives. They conveyed the sunnah as well. His wife Aisha anha, was from the greatest scholars amongst of, of this ummah. She conveyed a large portion of the Sharia to, the, to, the, to, 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 to us. So we defend them as well because they are the carriers of his sunnah. And this is part and parcel of respecting him and venerating him. And so this is one manifestation of the limbs. Another manifestation by way of the limbs is that we teach the people his sunnah. To teach the sunnah and to learn the sunnah. So as we are sat here teaching and learning... This itself is from respecting and venerating the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And, you know, we keep away from everything which he prohibited. And we make tawbah, we make istighfar. All of this is from veneration of his, what he brought, which is in turn a veneration of him as a Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, there's a beautiful uh, statement here from Shaykh al-Islam Ibn al-Qayyim. Rahimahullahu ta'ala and in this statement he is connecting the uh, the rectification of the world and the corruption of the world he's connecting that to fulfilling the rights of the messenger of Allah sallallahu right so this now is like is illustrating to us like it's like a rule in Allah's creation right so he says inna ta'at Allah he says, Indeed, obedience to Allah and obedience to His Messenger and judging to Allah and His Messenger, it is the cause of happiness in this life and the next. وَمَنْ تَدَبَّرَ الْعَالَمَ وَالشُّرُورُ الْوَاقِعَ فِيهِ عَلِمَ أَنَّ كُلَّ شَرٍ فِي الْعَالَمِ he says, whoever reflects upon the world and all of the evils that take place therein, he will come to know that every evil in the world, its cause is opposing the Messenger and departing from his obedience. And every goodness in the world, then its cause is obedience to the Messenger. وَكَذَلِكْ شُرُورُ الْآخِرَةِ وَآلَامُهَا وَعَذَابُهَا إِنَّمَا هُوَ مِنْ مُجِبَاتِ مُخَالَفَةِ الرَّسُولِ وَمُقْتَدِيَاتِهَا فَعَادَ شَرُّ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ إِلَى مُخَالَفَةِ الرَّسُولِ وَمَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلِيهِ and likewise, all of the evils of the hereafter, all of the pains, all of the punishments, all of that is from what follows on from opposing the messenger. And it is from the 
necessities of having opposed the messenger. Right? So in other words, that whatever hardships, difficulties that you face in the hereafter, they were a consequence of opposing the messenger in this life. Right? This is on top of the evils which occur in this life. So the evils in this life and the evils in the hereafter, all of them arise from what? Opposing the messenger of Allah in this life. So he says, the, the, so the, all of these things, all of them, all of these affairs, the evil of the world and the evil of the hereafter, they come back to opposing the messenger and whatever follows on from that. Then he says, فَلَوْ أَنَّ النَّاسِ أَطَاعُوا الرَّسُولِ حَقَّ طَاعَتِهِ لَمْ يَكُنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ شَرٌ قط. If only the people obeyed the messenger as he truly should be obeyed, there would not have been any evil upon the earth at all. There would not be any evil upon the earth at all. Because, وَلِأَنَّ طَاعَتَهُ هِيَ الْحِسْنُ الَّذِي مَنْ دَخَلَهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْآمِنِينَ This is because to obey him is like the fortress which if any person enters into, it will make him to be from those who are safe and secure. وَالْكَثْفِ الَّذِي مَنْ لَجَأَ إِلَيْهِ كَانَ مِنَ النَّاجِينَ And it is like the cave, which if a person, he seeks refuge in that cave, he will be from those who are saved and delivered. فَعُلِمَ أَنَّ شُرُورَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ إِنَّمَا هُوَ مِنَ الْجَهْلُ بِمَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولُ So it is known therefore that all of the evils of the world and the hereafter, indeed they are from ignorance of what the Messenger came with and departing from it. وَهَذَا بُرْحَانٌ قَاطِعٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا نَجَاةَ لِلْعَبْدِ وَلَا سَعَادَةَ إِلَّا بِالْإِجْتِهَادِ فِي مَعْرِفَةِ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولُ and then he finishes by saying that all of this, what has been mentioned, is a definitive proof, definitive evidence that there is no deliverance or safety for the servant, nor any happiness, except by striving to know what the Messenger of Allah came with in terms of ilm, in terms of knowledge, and to uh, to uh, and then to embark upon acting upon it right so this is a beautiful statement from uh, Ibn al-Qayyim that uh, connects these affairs that we mentioned of these rights of the messenger of Allah of believing in him of following his sunnah of loving him more than anything else and to venerate him and to respect him and to defend him and to defend his honor and so on and so forth all of this the goodness in this life and the hereafter depends upon this and all evils in this life and the next, they are due to a violation of this. So finally, we finish uh, with some illustrations and some examples of from the Sahaba and other than them to show how they respected and venerated the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the first example, the first and clear example is with respect to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When the messenger of Allah when he passed away, as you know that there were many people who, you know, the apostates who, who abandoned Islam and many of them were, they were hypocrites uh, to begin with and they revolted and they, or, or in fact they withheld the zakah. They refused to give the zakah. And so Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he fought them because they you know, withheld it. And he said to them that by Allah, if you, even, if you withheld even just like a necklace from me, then, you know, which you used to give to the Messenger of Allah, then because they thought that the Messenger of Allah has passed away, then we're not going to give you know, any, any zakah. We're not, we are not obliged to give zakah. We're not going to give zakah. So he said, by Allah, if you prevented even like a necklace that you used to give to the Messenger of Allah, then I will fight you. I will fight you for it, for you, for you withholding it. And so we see that here this great and mighty deed of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, 
because many of these people, many of these tribes, they revolted, and it was a very difficult time. You know, Islam was just in its, you know, it's just at its early stage, and so when you have this huge revolt, it can affect the the, the political. It has ramifications, and so he stood and he fought against them, and this is his ful fulfillment, and his love, and his respect, and his defense, and aid, and support of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. A second example uh, is that of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And you know this example of when he kissed the black stone. He kissed the black stone and he said, By Allah, I know that you are just a stone. I know that you are just a stone. I know that you do not harm. I know that you do not benefit. But had it not been for me seeing the messenger of Allah kissing you, then I would not have kissed you. So here is an illustration of his respect and veneration of the Messenger of Allah by following things that he did, following his actions that he did, out of imitation of him, out of making one's deeds to be the same as his deeds. This is an example from Umar ibn al-Khattab. Likewise, we see from Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma that he said, عَلِيكَ بِتَقْوَ اللَّهِ وَالْإِسْتِقَامَةِ Upon you is to have the taqwa of Allah and to be upon istiqamah, be upright and follow but do not innovate. Follow but do not innovate. And so here is a command to venerate the sunnah, to follow the sunnah and do not introduce affairs into the religion. We have similar statements from, from him as well. مَنْ أَحْدَثَ رَأْيًا لَيْسَ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَلَمْ تَمْضِ بِهِ سُنَّةُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ لَمْ يَدْرِئْ مَا هُوَ عَلِيهِ إِذَا لَقِيَ اللَّهِ And so the meaning of this is that whoever introduced an opinion which is not in the book of Allah, it is not something that the sunnah of the messenger of Allah uh, was, you know, was, was upon or was found therein, then he does not know in what state he will be when he meets Allah Meaning warning the person from introducing affairs into the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. Then we have another example from Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And remember these are the great scholars of the Muslims. Ibn Abbas, Ibn Mas'ud. You know they were youths around the messenger of Allah They acquired a great deal of ilm. And so these are the scholars, the, the great scholars of the, of the ummah who are speaking. From him it is narrated that he said, Ittabi'u. He said, imitate and follow, but do not innovate, do not introduce affairs, meaning to the religion. For indeed, you have been sophist, meaning that the, the, the deen of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger has sophist you with everything. There's nothing you need to introduce or add to this, to this deen. Likewise, we see an example, an illustration of respecting and venerating the messenger of Allah from a uh, narration from Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma uh, who said that a man came to him to Ibn Umar and he said that I and a companion of mine we went on a journey we set out on a journey so what I did was I completed my prayer meaning that I prayed four raka'as so he's on a journey so he, he prayed the full four raka'as and my friend, my companion, he actually shortened his prayers. So what is your view? What is What is your view regarding this? So Ibn Umar said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, Bal wa anta. So he said, rather your friend is the one who actually completed and you are the one who actually fell short. Now, do you understand? Because this, this person, he's the one who should have actually shortened the prayer. Right? So because he didn't, then Ibn Umar said to him, you are the one, or sorry, your companion is the one who actually completed. Right? He shortened his prayer, so he completed his following of the sunnah. And you prayed for rakaz, you, you, you read the full amount, so you are the one who qasart, meaning you are the one who fell short. In following the sunnah. Right? So this is an example of another companion, Ibn Umar, 
showing veneration for following, sticking to, to, the, to the sunnah. Likewise, we have another example. Um, another example of a man who comes to Ibn Umar again. Oh, it's narrated from him. And a man came and he said to him, we find that the fear prayer, Salatul Khawf, that when you're in jihad and time for prayer comes, there's a description of the prayer that you pray, Salatul Khawf. And Salatul Hadr, praying that when you are resident, you know, in your, in your, in your location. We fi I find that these two are mentioned in the Quran. They mentioned explicitly in the Quran. But I cannot find where is it mentioned Salatul Safar. Where is the prayer of journey? Where is that found in the Quran? We don't see it. Where is it? So Ibn Umar said to him, and look at this, you know, this, this, uh, this answer. He said, Allahu Nabiyahu wa nahnu ajhaluna, ajhaluna sin. kama Rasulullah So he said, Allah sent his prophet and we were the most ignorant of people. So therefore we do whatever the messenger of Allah that he did. In other words, he meant to say that whatever we have been taught and guided to, that's what we are upon. We stick to that. Right? So this is this was his answer to this to this man, to this individual. Um, also an, an example is that of uh, Abu Talha al-Ansari radiallahu anhu. And this was that he in the battles he used to come and stand in front of the Messenger of Allah to protect him. Like for example in Uhud. And you know, he would put his hands and put them in front of the Messenger of Allah in order to defend him. And so that you know, the spears that would come and the arrows that would be fired at him so that they wouldn't harm the Messenger of Allah And uh, he would, the Messenger of Allah would be directing the people in the battle. So as a, as a you know, as a, as a, as a Director of the battle, he would stand, and so he would be in a vulnerable position because he's there giving orders. And Abu Talha would say, "By my, you know, my father and my mother be sacrificed for you. Do not do this, because then maybe a spear or something will come, and you know will will harm you. And my nahri duna nahrik, meaning that he he would say that I would put myself in in front of you. So look at this companion." how he's willing to sacrifice his life by standing in front of the Messenger of Allah in order to, de to, to defend him. This is another example of the veneration and the respect and the defense and the ta'yid and nasr, the support and the aid of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we see from Umar bin Abdul Aziz, likewise, the righteous, the righteous Caliph, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, uh, he gave uh, some... Uh, advice to a person who was asking him, some of his uh, uh, workers, uh, you know, they asked him about some of the innovations. And so he said, To proceed, I advise you with the, with the taqwa of Allah to be moderate, uh, to be moderate, to follow the sunnah, son of the messenger of the sallam, and to abandon what the people have introduced after him. And to be to you know to be to to suffice oneself with with what he left. So upon you is to stick to the sunnah, for indeed it is a protection for you. Again, Umar bin Abdul Aziz venerating the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, which itself is from respecting, aiding, supporting, defending, strengthening the Messenger of Allah. Likewise, we see another example from. Uh, this example from Al-A'mash, from Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, and he saw someone, he was asked about an imam, that whenever he gives the taslim in the, in, in the prayer, after the prayer, the imam, he would turn around and he would say, Sallallahu ala Muhammadin la ilaha illallah. Right, so we'd say this dhikr after making the taslim, <coughs> And so, so Ibrahim al-Nakha'i was asked about this, uh, this, this imam. So he said, He said that those who came before never used to do this. And meaning that this is an innovated affair. 
and um, and in another narration, someone, another person, uh, in the narration before this, Abu al-Bukhtari, rahimahullah, uh, he was asked about the same issue and he said, هَذِهِ bid'atun." So from all this, we understand that the companions and the imams, they would venerate the sunnah and they would not tolerate opposition to the sunnah. They would speak against it because this is from defending, aiding and supporting the messenger of Allah. And finally, a beautiful narration from Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, he's a tabi'i from the great imams of the tabi'in, from the fuqaha. And there was a man who used to, every time after the Salatul Fajr, he would then pray raka'as. I mean, he prays pray two raka'as after, after Fajr. Meaning he would continue praying something after Fajr. So he prohibited him from that. He told him off. And he told him to sit down. He waved him and said, sit down. He told him off. So the man said, the man said to him, Oh, Abu Abba Muhammad. Is, now look at the thinking behind, behind uh, this man. Because you'll find it commonly with so many people who are put to trial with innovations that they think that they will be rewarded for. Right? He said, oh, Ya Abba Muhammad, Ayyu'adhibuni Allah ala salah. He said, Oh, Abu Muhammad, is, is Allah going to punish me for praying? And look at the answer of this of this of this Imam. He said, "La, walakin walakin yu'adhibuka ala khilafi sunnah." He said, "No, he's not going to punish you for praying, but he will punish you for opposing the sunnah." Understand? It does not mean that you are doing something which 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 is from the Sharia and which is praiseworthy, that you will be rewarded for it. You will only be rewarded for it if you do it in accordance with the Sharia. But if you do it in opposition to the Sharia, then this, this, you will be punished. Like what you see these people, this bid'ah, which is found with the Sufis, the Brailwis, they make the adhan, and in between the adhan and the iqamah, they sit and they start making, they start saying, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad. And they chant it and they sing it. Right? Now to send salat and salam upon the messenger of Allah is something that is from the sharia, it's legislated. But not in this particular way, this is a bid'ah. The sahaba never did this, the messenger never commanded this. This is a bid'ah, you will, be put, you will not be rewarded for this, this, this will be punished. Because you, you do not have ittiba'. You are not following the sunnah of the messenger of Allah. So this is a really good example to give when you try to explain to people you know, who lack this knowledge, lack understanding of the religion, and they are caught up in some affairs of innovation, this is a good example to tell them that you know you'll not be punished for the deed that you are doing, but you are doing it in opposition to the Messenger of Allah. You are opposing his Sunnah. That's what you will be punished punished for. So this, all of this, then this brings us to an end of the fourth and final right, the completion of the other rights to respect, to venerate, to defend, to aid and support. And obviously, also from this, you know, is that we, you know, especially in these times that you see to counter the lies and the fabrications and the criminal oppression that you know these people you see them from the atheists uh, from the nihilists from the from the hypocrites from the munafiqun the things that they spread against our messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to remove these shubuhat to repel them all of this is from defending and aiding the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and so this brings us to the final comment that the Shaykh, he, you know, he finishes just by making uh, an observation. And we finish upon this, inshallah ta'ala. And so the observation that it really makes, which, which can be summarized, is that he says that, look at, when you look in the Ummah, and you see all of this claim of loving the Messenger of Allah, and, you know, where, where, is, where is this to be found in a people? So you see them making all these claims, we love the messenger, we follow the messenger, we respect him, venerate him, did it and so on and so forth. But you see them, they oppose, they oppose him in his guidance. They oppose him in, in everything, in his behavior, in his morals, in, in, in what he brought of beliefs, what he brought of you know, methodologies, what he brought of his guidance. They oppose him in all of these affairs. You claim that you love, what, what love is this, he says? When you find all of these great and mighty oppositions to his, to his religion, you know, worshipping the dead, invoking those who are in the graves, 
traveling hundreds of miles to go and seek cure from them and seek rescue from them. Right? Innovated beliefs that the Messenger of Allah that oppose and clash with the Quran and the Sunnah. Denying things for Allah what he affirmed for himself. Ascribing things to Allah which he denied for himself. And you know, ghulu and all of these things that you see when you look in the Ummah, you see all of this opposition to the Messenger of Allah. And yet you see what all of these claims, empty claims of love and veneration and respect. And so the Shaykh makes, you know, this is an important uh, point uh, that he makes. And he, he mentions uh, a beautiful statement here. From uh, uh, we finish with this inshallah ta'ala from Al Hassan Al Basri Rahimahullah Ta'ala. And in this statement he says, Ya ibn Adam, O son of Adam, La Tarrabi Kauli Man Yakul Al Maru Ma'aman Ahab. Don't be deceived by the person who says that a man is with those whom he loves. Right? A man comes along and says, yes, I am I'm with so-and-so, I love him. Don't be deceived just by the fact that someone says this. That statement is not enough. It's clear that, that anyone who loves a people, he will follow their ways. This, is, this makes sense. Right? You love a people, you love you know, your parents, you love someone, you claim you love them you will be actually following in their footsteps. You will follow and do the things that they do. To make sense. You will never be with the righteous, the abrar, until you follow their actual tracks and footsteps. And you take by their guidance. And you follow their sunnah. And you reach the evening or you reach the morning, you wake in the morning or you reach the evening whilst you are upon their minhaj, their methodology. Harisan ala antakuna minhum. Being eager that you are going to be amongst them. Fatasluka sabilahum wa ta'khuda tariqahum wa in kunta muqassiran fil amal. So you take their path, you take their way, even if you sometimes fall short in, you know, in action. But nevertheless, you are, you, you're following them. Fa'inna milakal amr. Because the, the crux of the affair is that you remain upon istiqamah. Have you not seen those Yahud and those Nasara, the Jews and Christians, and likewise the people of desires from the Murji'ah, the Murji'ah, they say they love their prophets, but they are not with them. Because they oppose them in their speech and in their action. Meaning they don't follow them and do what they did in speech and action. The Yahud, it's clear. The Nasara, it's clear. The Murji'ah, they're the ones who say belief in the heart is enough. Actions are not from faith. Right? So they say they believe with the heart, but then they don't act upon the outward legislations. So they are not following the Messenger of Allah. Right? They are opposing him. So they are not with him. They followed other than the path of the messengers. So their destination will become the fire and we seek refuge in Allah from that. So the Shaykh finally finishes by giving an admonition so beware O slave of Allah that outwardly you appear to be a wali of Allah a pious friend of Allah but inwardly you are an enemy to him hold fast to the guidance of the messenger of Allah and know that his rights the rights which Allah has obligated upon you they if you fulfill them then you will prosper, you will be successful, you will be saved and delivered by the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal. So we finish, uh, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he grants us success, all of us success in, in uh, fulfilling the rights of the Messenger of Allah and to keep us away from every evil and indeed Allah is generous and kind. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.
So this concludes our, our book, Haqqun Nabi, وسلم, uh, by the respected Shaykh Abdullah bin Abdul Abdurrahim al-Bukhari, Hafizahullah, wa jazahullahu khaira. And this concludes this series of lessons. Inshallah ta'ala, we will begin uh, something new, inshallah ta'ala, in the next time that we meet, uh, inshallah ta'ala. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.